A senior European Union official prepares to visit Minsk amid reports that Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko will be invited to the EU's Eastern Partnership Summit for the first time. And the Kremlin hypes what it says will be an important speech by Vladimir Putin at the Valdai Discussion Forum this week. Hello from our broadcast headquarters in Prague and welcome to the Power Vertical Briefing, a weekly look ahead at stories we expect to make news this week. My name is Brian Whitmore, host of the Power Vertical Podcast here at RFERL, and joining me in the studio is RFERL's news editor, Steve Gutterman. Welcome, Steve. Thanks, Brian. So, Johannes Hahn, the European Commissioner for European Neighborhood Policy and Enlargement Negotiations, is due in Minsk this week, according to reports in the Belarusian media. The news comes as reports emerged in Brussels that Lukashenko would be invited to Brussels next month to attend the EU's Eastern Partnership Summit for the first time. It also comes amid what appears to be a deepening rift between Minsk and Moscow following the Zapad 2017 military exercises. Steve, we've been watching the old Lukashenko two-step, his his little shuffle between Russia and the West for years now, but it seems to me we're entering a critical phase of that dance. What are your thoughts here? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, critical, it may not be, it's hard to tell whether it'll be sort of the critical phase, um, but I think uh, very interesting to watch, you know, how far uh, Belarus can go toward Europe. Uh, and and sort of how far Russia will will let it go, I guess, um, because at some point I think there's a breaking point, you know, kind of as there was with Ukraine, which turned out to be, you know, when Ukraine was going to sign the association agreements with the EU. You know, I think there's sort of a breaking point in terms of um, Russia's tolerance of, of Belarus um, uh, flirting or or sort of actually moving toward the West. So, um, I mean. At this point, to me, you know, you, you do see the you see these uh, these steps by Lukashenko toward the West, um, and I mean he's been using this for, for, for years, as you say. Um, but at some point, you know, there'll, there'll have to be a time when, you know, obviously Russia is not going to going to want to to essentially lose Belarus, um, and if this comes to a head, you know, there could be all kinds of all kinds of different different outcomes. You know, we're going to look at what what Russia will do to try to, you know, get Lukashenko out of power, um, you know, or, or how, how it's going to, how it's going to uh, keep, keep Belarus in, in the, in orbit. Yeah, no, and there's all sorts of rumors in Minsk that, 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 that regime change could be in the offing, although we hear this periodically. I mean, I think Lukashenko's courtship with the West can only go far, so far. Let's face it, the man's a dictator. He's never going to be fully accepted by, by the Europeans. This, this isn't Ukraine, and I don't think it'll ever get to that point. But the way I kind of look at it, if you look at it kind of historically, Lukashenko's been playing the game of Nikolai Ceausescu, the same game he played within the Warsaw Pact. They were formerly part of the Warsaw Pact, Romania, communist era Romania, but they had a lot of room to maneuver in foreign affairs. Uh, Ceausescu was opening relations with China, having his own contacts with the West, yet while formally remaining in the Warsaw Pact. The the other, other, as far as this could go, could be something along the lines of Tito's Yugoslavia, which broke from the from the Warsaw Pact and and was was a communist country, but was not a Moscow ally. one thing that I think, why I think this is hitting kind of a critical stage now is the Zapad military exercise. And I wrote about this in the blog last week, and I've been kind of obsessed with this, quite frankly. The Zapad military exercise kind of exposed the limits of Minsk's relationship with Moscow because 
basically the Russians want to turn Belarus into an extension of Russia's western military district. Lukashenko is not interested in this. He's not interested in a conflict with the West. And as Russia tried to turn Zapad into a psyop, as I wrote, Lukashenko bent over backwards to reassure Belarus's neighbors. This this made the Russians very angry. Mm-hmm. Um, it made them very angry. As we know, Putin, Putin did not visit Belarus during the exercises. Shoigu did not visit uh, Belarus during the exercises. Lukashenko didn't visit Russia during the Russian portion of the exercises. Russian officers did not stay for a ceremonial dinner after the exercises. And days afterwards, Lukashenko gives a speech talking about how he wants to improve relations with the West. Now, I don't know how... I mean, there's questions about how far, as I said, the West is willing to embrace Belarus. Right. But there's also how how far Russia will let Belarus go and what Moscow's capabilities are to stop that. I don't think we've seen an attempt at regime change for a reason. I'm not sure Moscow's confident it could control the process, right? Well, right. I mean, I think that's been that's been his problem sort of all along for, for 10 years or so, maybe. Um, you know, where on the one hand, you know, Russia does not want to let, you know, is 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 irritated by Lukashenko and... and uh, but but doesn't really have great great alternatives. It doesn't have a great uh, great options. Um, I mean, you think one thing I'd say about maybe the military is that um, I mean, one thing that may be important to to Moscow is that is that Belarus remain kind of a military ally. And you know, none of this, none of I, as far as I know, none of the things that, that Belarus is doing to to you know sort of court the West ha- have much to do with with the military. So you know. So far, Russia, although as you say, it would want more. It, it wants, you know, it wants bases another that, air base in Belarus, but, for example. You know, it's still it's still a military kind of outpost or ally, or maybe not outpost, but a, you know, it's a military ally. Yeah, no. So we'll, we'll 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 keep an eye on this. I mean, it's something I've, of course, I've been obsessed with for 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 a while now. So I'll certainly continue watching this. Another story we'll be following this week: Vladimir Putin is preparing to give what the Kremlin is describing as an important speech at the Valdai Discussion Forum later this week. Putin often uses this forum to send out messages to the West. What will you be looking for there, Steve? Uh, well, yeah, I think one thing. I mean, I think when when Peskov said it would be an important speech, I think one of the things he was trying to suggest is that is that Putin might, you know, come down on whether he's going to, you know, announce uh, announce his candidacy. Although, um, I I guess I doubt he'll do that then because it's more of an international forum. Yeah, I doubt it in that. And form. he signaled that he would he would do it probably in November. Um, but I think maybe Peskov was in part trying to generate interest on that basis. Um, uh i would be looking for essentially in terms of russia's relationship with the west you know is is putin ready to say anything new to to do anything new i mean there've been some sort of signals or 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 efforts uh his his uh, proposal for for peacekeepers in in the donbass and then you know when there was initial kind of sharp criticism of it uh he did say he was re- you know he would be ready to consider having the monitors or peacekeepers, um, not just on the on the front line. Um, so you know, there's that sort of you know steps he's taken to try to, I guess, appease the West or, or make some new breakthrough with the West. But I mean, the question is, I think, is he ready to to um, to make a, a substantive change in in Russia's, I guess, uh, you know, attitude or position? 
Yeah, no, and in, in conversations I've had with, with, with current and former U.S. officials who have been in contact with, with, with their Russian counterparts or former Russian counterparts, the indication is that the Russian elite is really, really wants to end this isolation. Um, it's really bothering them a lot. Um, they want detente. But that said, they don't feel the need on their part to change anything. Now, this is what I'm hearing from U.S. and other Western officials, that they just want the West to admit, well, it's, it's our fault and we're sorry, and then Russia would forgive us. That, that's, that's, the, that's the attitude they're pulling out of Moscow, where there is no recognition that Moscow has been doing anything that's wrong, that's, that's led to this isolation. Right. And so I, I just don't see any way out of this. I do expect Putin to make some kind of call for 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 detente in some form at this speech. It'll be, you know, couched in a lot of Putin-esque language, but I expect the, you know, the message to be we want better relations with the West, but I don't see them changing anything. The, the desire is not there. I don't think it's possible. The the peacekeeper uh proposal in in Ukraine, I initially saw very skeptically. I saw it as a an attempt to kind of legitimize uh Moscow's right. occupation of those of those regions, putting the peacekeepers along right. the, the point of contact. When they start talking about putting UN peacekeepers on Russia's and Ukraine's international border, then I'll begin to think that this is a serious proposal and that there's serious movement on this issue. Yeah, and and I mean Putin, while he did you know move away from his initial you know and, and suggested there could be more talks and and there could could be peacekeepers uh, you know elsewhere in the region. You know that's probably my guess is that that's just you know let's prolong the discussion of this yeah. even like pre-discussion of it essentially so that we're being seen as as making at least making a proposal. But I agree. I mean I don't. Uh, I don't see I don't see uh, signs that Putin is ready to kind of change the 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 approach that okay there's you know we've done nothing wrong you know Crimea Crimea is part of Russia and uh, uh, I don't see that him as being willing to to change that so I think and presumably in Syria he feels that you know they've they sort of uh, shown their influence, gaining influence in the Middle East. So I don't, I don't think he's in a he's in a spot right now um, where he's he is in the mood to make big any big compromises. He's got the election coming up as well. No, and I think maybe they're seeing from the point of view as they can continue this kind of this this geopolitical extortion. I mean, they're going to continue meddling in the in in, in Western elections, turning every election in a Western country into into a potential crisis. We have elections coming up in the Czech Republic, Slovenia, and Austria um, right. that 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 were that were many people are expecting to see the hand of Moscow. And so maybe his idea of detente is well, maybe we'll scale back on this stuff if you, if right. you're in the isolation. Um, we'll but we'll we'll be watching that speech very closely for signals and that's all we have time for today so we'll wrap it up you've been listening to the power vertical briefing a weekly look ahead at stories making news in russia we do this every monday so be sure to tune in i'm brian whitmore host of the power vertical podcast joining me in the studio has been rfrl's news editor steve gutterman and now as always i leave you with the soothing sounds of noise mc's